the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. You know, the past few weeks we've spent time talking about Israel with Yom HaShoah, the Holocaust Remembrance, and then also uh, Israel Independence Day. And uh, we're back now to some what I would call more normal for us programming. And we're in the middle or actually towards the end of counting the Omer. And so what's on my mind is revival. And so today I'd like to talk about, are you committed to spend time with God? Because that's going to lead to revival. All right? Join me first with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. And Lord, we pray that everything we do would bring you glory that we would do everything in your, your directed by you, Lord. So pour out your spirit. And I pray for a special anointing on this time, as Lord, I pray for all my listeners to come closer to you. We bless you, thank you, and praise you. In the name of Yeshua, amen and amen. All right. You know, I, I think that... Uh, just want to remind you that we would love to have you come visit us in our congregation. Uh, this next Friday, believe it or not, we are doing, uh, we're having our normal service Friday evening, and then we're just not stopping until Saturday. Yep, it's an all-nighter for Shavuot, which, uh, so we're going to do worship and prayer, and you can come to that as well. Uh, we'll be there. <laughs> and then we have our service at 11 o'clock on Saturday. So this is in South Tampa. If you would want to come to that location, we'd love to have you. And also, there's a wonderful event at uh, uh, the university. Uh, it's called Together. They're expecting about 50 churches to be represented, maybe 7,000 people from 10 to 12 on Sunday. And some of the churches are closing down just to be together in unity for this uh, Pentecost-type event. So love to see you there. Love to meet you. All right. Finally, I, I would just mention that if you like our broadcast, we'd love for you to partner with us, both uh, spiritually with prayer and financially. Uh, it uh, Finances help us stay on the air. And we're a little behind this year, so we could use whatever help you'd like to give us. 
So at this point, we're going to start with doing the counting of the Omer. And I will do that. Baruch Ata Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kiddishanu B'mitzvotav V'tzivanu Al Sifarat HaOmer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the third day of the seventh week and day 45. Wow. Day 45. We, we are close to our 50 days. So um, our theme today is what can we expect in revival? A spiritual battle. And this is the second day. So yesterday we also did spiritual battle. So this is the second one today. We'll start with the scripture reading, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but powerful, through God for the tearing down of strongholds. We're tearing down false arguments and every high-minded thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Messiah, ready to punish all disobedience whenever your disobedience is complete. Second scripture for the day is 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Messiah Yeshua. No one serving as a soldier entangles himself in the activities of everyday life so that he might please the one who enlisted him. So as you're familiar with how we do these, the next part is our thought for the day. We have two, the first from a gentleman by the name of William Tipft-Taft, which I have no idea who that is, but he said, deliver us from everything that may entangle our affections and harden our hearts. And I would agree with that, certainly. Amen. And John Owen said, if we do not abide in prayer, we will abide in temptation. Let this be one aspect of our daily intercession. God, preserve my soul and keep my heart and all its ways so I will not be entangled. When this is true in our lives, a passing temptation will not overcome us. So our challenge for today is this. When we get entangled in the world, we are soldiers in retirement. We are out of the army and no longer in the battle. The, Lord, the world distracts us from our focus on the Lord and his spirit. Whenever your distraction is, whatever it is, are you able to stop it and give God a solid hour each day? Re-enlist. <laughs> okay, our prayer, Lord, I want to be a warrior for you. I commit to one hour a day with you because I know you have called me to fight this battle. Revive me. All right. So, what is truly important to God? How would you answer that? What's something truly important? One of the things that I would answer, I'd say a key is that we trust him. 
And so Psalm 56, 4 and 5 says, In a day when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God, I keep praising his word. In God, I trust, I will not fear. What can mere flesh do to me? So in this verse, it says that when we're afraid, we're going to put our trust in God. Well, what would we be afraid in? Well, oftentimes fear blocks our very beliefs. It 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 may be something simple like we don't have time to finish our work or um it could be that uh, my message won't touch people. It won't affect them. Or it could be that somebody's upset with me. Uh, and, and it puts fear into my heart. And what I have got to do and what you have to do is to learn to trust God even in those situations. Trust in God by praising his word, by reading his word, by Uh, speaking his word by memorizing his word you know that's that's how we do it we have 20 uh we i'm sorry we have five days left to count the omer until shavuot and what did we want to accomplish in in our time period of counting the omer we wanted to see personal and corporate revival We wanted to see great expectations for God to do something in us, like a transformation. We wanted to see people healed and people saved. So that's what we're praying for. That's what we're believing for. So what kind of relationship do you have with God if you don't trust him? And most believers will say they trust him. But are you meeting God each morning to count the Omer and pray? Okay, you don't have to count the Omer, I get it, but are you meeting God each morning and praying? Now, I don't mean just driving to work or something like that and praying in the car. I mean having a solid prayer time with God. If the answer is no, consider the possibility that you don't trust God. Is it fair to say that you don't believe that God can help you get your work done, anoint your message, or help you reconcile a relationship? Let me challenge you today and and see whether or not you really trust God. Because let me let me say it this way. If I promised you an amazing present, If you met with me tomorrow for an hour, would you come? Yeah. And God promises you even better than what I can promise you. So if you don't come, you're saying to God that either the relationship isn't strong enough or I don't trust you to fulfill what you said you're going to do. Either way, it's a trust issue. So meeting with God is key to trusting him. Meeting with God is key. And I'd ask you this. Do you feel your meetings with God are fruitful? Are they beneficial? Do you get anything out of when you pray? If your attitude is one of expectation and hope, uh, that's great. 
And if your faith level is high, that's great. But if it's not, that's a problem. Do you feel revived? Are you getting a hint of revival in your time with the Lord? And, of course, the thing that I really don't want to ask is, do you even care? (laughs) Oh, my. I know that I'm talking to mostly believers, but there's a whole range of believers out there. And I've I've met plenty of believers who just, in, in the, they really don't care. They don't feel that having a, a, a quiet time like an hour with the Lord every morning is what they have time for or beneficial. How would you answer? Is your time with the Lord, worship, prayer, reading his word, is it excellent each morning? Is it good? Is it okay? Is it bad or is it non-existent? Well, I would love to see if you can answer that. I'd love to see you email me and tell me about your prayer time. Tell me what questions you have about meeting with the Lord each morning. Um, I'd love to make recommendations for you. But one of the things, I mean, that's the reason I wrote the Counting of the Omer booklet so that people would start having devotions and and making it consistent because revival comes from us seeking God. God says, seek me and and you shall find me. But we've got to do the seeking, right? So um, I want you to take that challenge. For the next five days, have a real quiet time with the Lord. Make it an hour or more, someplace where you won't be disturbed, someplace that will just be uh, the perfect place for you and God. Now, if you asked me about how I was spending my time, I'll tell you that, honestly, I spend somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half every morning uh, I get up at, at around 5, 5-ish, and I immediately start my quiet time with the Lord. And I feel that time-wise, I do pretty well. There was a, a, a problem a couple weeks ago. I wasn't feeling well physically, and that honestly affected my time with the Lord. Um, I still gave him time. But I felt like nothing was going on. I felt like I had nothing to give, and I was receiving nothing. I was basically blah. And uh, But I've got to tell you, that started in the beginning two weeks ago, and it ended on that Friday. Uh, Look, when you feel physically bad, it affects you emotionally, it affects you spiritually. But what can you do, and what have I done? to do that well first of all i accept the fact that sometimes i'm doing this because i'm supposed to rather than feeling anything good coming out of it i'm i'm just doing it as a rote and what i can do is be disciplined no matter what even if it's rote rote isn't as good as when it comes from my heart but the fact that i'm doing it is better than not doing it 
So the key here is when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it, be disciplined enough each day to believe that God would have you spend time with him. Imagine if you had an appointment with God and you didn't make that appointment. And look, you have to ask God, God, I don't feel it, I don't sense it, but I need you to transform me. I need you to change my mind and my heart. And and look, you have to focus on God and his word as much as possible. You're not going to be perfect. But as I said, Friday came along and I was counting the Omer, and I was truly touched by what was written, even though I had written it months ago. I... I got to it afresh and anew, and I was really touched. Everything had such meaning to me. It was like four days of UG became a day of light. And so Psalm 31, 25 says, Chazak, which means be strong. Let your heart take courage, all of you who wait for Adonai. And I really needed that. I needed that encouragement that that God understood that I needed to have more than I had and I needed to be strong and I needed to take courage because not only am I waiting for God to respond to me, but many millions of people are waiting for God to respond to them too. So I felt encouraged. I felt an expectation. Uh, and, and look, we are to wait until something good happens, which means there's going to be a lot of waiting going on. Psalm 130, 5 and 6, I wait for Adonai, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, watchmen for the morning. In his word I have hope, and that's why we go to his word. Is this statement true for you? Do you go to his word when you have feeling no hope? I, I love Job thirteen fifteen. It says, even if he slays me, I will wait for him. Uh, that's dedication. Wouldn't you agree? That's trust. And this is Job speaking. And I'm sure you have it a lot better than Job had it. And Jude 1, 21, keep yourselves in the love of God, eagerly waiting for the mercy of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, that leads to eternal life. So that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for God's mercy to be poured out on us. And look, this is an important thing to do. We stay in and in the knowledge of the love of God, that God loves you and he loves me and he loves all of us. And so we need to spend the time with him. We need to be in his word. And we're waiting for Yeshua's mercy. We cry out for his mercy. We believe his mercy is coming. Mercy is the act of withholding deserved punishment. And Lord knows I have sinned. But I've got to tell you, God is merciful. One of the uh, the thoughts of the day for that particular uh, counting the Omer was be persistent each day as you wait upon the Lord to answer your prayer. You are in a spiritual battle. Battles take time, don't they? (laughs) 
Enjoy the journey of waiting. Believe that God has something good in store for you, regardless of how bad things seem to be. You're in a battle. This is warfare. You've got to be, you can't be retired. It doesn't work that way. Not as a believer. Second Corinthians 12, 8 through 10 says, I pleaded with the Lord three times about this, that it might leave me. This is Paul about what we thought or think is a pain in his side. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Messiah may dwell in me. For Messiah's sake, then I delight in weakness, in insults, in distress, in persecutions, in calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How many of you feel that weakness or somebody's been insulting you or distress or persecution or calamity? And you are delighting in those things because you know that at the end of the tunnel, God has something amazing for you. So you know that when you are weak, the the strength of God is going to make you strong. Is there something more important than giving the Lord time each day? Truly, is there something more important than that for you? Are you willing to strongly finish out your time with the Lord these next five days? Are you willing to make a commitment about this? Will you push aside the hindrances and make significant time for the Lord? I've got to tell you that this time that I've had with the Lord during these 50 days for me has been amazing. I feel revived. And look, if you look at what I have to do, um, there are some really difficult circumstances that I have going on right now. But God has blessed me in such a way that even though I have these circumstances, I'm meeting them with joy. I'm meeting them just feeling the power of God's spirit. And I'm just sensing his anointing for just going forward. And, and you know, it says in Philippians, don't look behind, but go forward to the onward call of Messiah Yeshua. And that's what I feel is going on in my heart. And it's not anything I've done except be obedient for um for these 50 days, actually longer than the 50 days, but well, let's take these 50 days. I've been obedient to meet with him day after day, sometimes successfully, and sometimes I've felt like I've been unsuccessful, but I've been there, and I feel like towards the end of this time that I'm speaking about now, that God has gifted me with a spirit of joy, a spirit of peace, and and just shown me that in him are pleasures forevermore, which is what Scripture says. So I would just encourage you, if you're feeling down, if you're struggling, and I've been there, just go to the Lord, spend time with the Lord, find some Scriptures to read that are encouraging. I, I recommend the book, Face to Face, Volume 1 or Volume 2 by Kenneth Boa. Great devotional books 
helped me a lot. I'm still in them. I've repeated them. It, just great books uh, to to use and very inexpensive. You can get it uh, used on Amazon for a few dollars. So uh, it's called Face to Face, Volume 1 and 2. Well, uh, I would just say that I thank you, Lord, for for this time that we've had to talk about time with you. And I pray for each and every person who's listening to my voice that they would come to you day by day, that they would make you their first priority, that they would sense the power of your spirit in their lives and that they would rejoice and they would seek to have a heart that is like your heart, a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.